Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back here on the Ticket Water Cooler as uh, we have the guys out there at Lucas Oil Stadium. It is uh, Strick and it is Sip now joining us as well here on the Ticket Water Cooler. And uh, it's been a, it's been a very busy day. And Nebraska kicked off the whole event. Scott Frost got to the podium first, uh, and uh, of course it's it's been a Nebraska centric day. Now, as I understand it, and maybe Sip, you can help me out on this. Uh, I think that they're flying back for Fan Day pretty you know right away because Fan Day is tonight. They they're checking to camp here just around the corner. Uh, is that is that as you understand it too? They're they're probably already on their way back to Lincoln. Back, um, because uh, you not only is it Fan Day, Bach. Um, and thanks for having me, Strick and Bach. Um, oh, that's just great. Not, not only is it, that's Nate's show. <laughs> oh, Nate, come on, Sip. You follow me on Twitter, and this is what I get. Are you, maybe I'll unfollow you and say you like it's that. It's the water cooler. It's Nate. the water cooler. Nate. No, I get it. Nate, Nate that was awesome. <laughs> that was so real. Like I didn't even know. I, I thought maybe you were just producing or something. I didn't. He dropped a bomb on you, Nate. Don't you know? <laughs> that ain't right. Drop a bomb. That was that, I, that right. was that was very unintentional. You handled that very well. <laughs> you did, and I deserve anything. So just do what you got to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I will understand. Now, now, what I was going to say is, yeah, they report today, Bach. I mean, they mm. report for camp. They don't begin preseason camp, but they report. And they will start preseason camp tomorrow. So yeah, this was sort of a. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I I never heard those guys say it, but it was sort of awkward today to do to jam all this into one day. But it seems like it went well for him. Sip, uh, believe it or not, I actually have been following your Twitter all day, and you've kind of been all <laughs> over the place, and you've had some really good stuff, some great content. What What's been out of everything that you've reported, everything you've seen today? What's been the biggest takeaway for you? Okay, takeaways. Frost confidence. This, you know, when he, he says things like "this will be the year," um, just Frost sort of um, the uh, Nate. I think just the way he projects himself looks a little tired. I think he's. I think the jobs wore him out a little bit, but I think he's in a good. I think he's in a good spot, and I think I thought the comments about. Garrett Nelson, saying Garrett Nelson's one of the best leaders that this program's ever had mm-hmm. really hit me. I mean, Eric Eric has been around for a long time, too. Now, think about some of the guys that that statement encompasses, including the sort of players that Frost played with. You know, two that come to mind are Grant Wistrom and Jason Peter um, and the mm-hmm. captain, you know, the captain comes to mind. So <laughs> I, um, I now now so there was a lot. There was a lot. I mean, I thought Frost saying that the offensive line would be, you know, the impetus to making this thing go um, if it goes. I like that. I mean, some people would say that's pretty cliche. I'd say that's pretty telling. The comments on Donovan Rayola were telling. Um, and Frost saying, you know, it's interesting. There's that interesting dichotomy because Frost said that that he hasn't really. Someone asked him, um, an ESPN reporter asked him what he's changed, and he said he hasn't changed much. No, you know, he knows what what he's changed. He's changed 
coaching the offensive coaching staff. He's changed recruiting staff. Mm-hmm. He's changed his role. But what I think he is getting at and saying, you know what? If you, if you believe in what you're doing, you don't you don't change. I think he's talking about core principles in the way he approaches football in general. So I thought that was interesting too. I think it is interesting, you know, specifically the offensive line thing, because I, I mean, that's what I've been saying for a while, and almost yes. everybody says, especially yeah. in the Big Ten, you're only going to go as far as your front lines take you. Uh, all this talk, and, and there's more of it today, you know, kind of Frost responding to uh, the comments that Pat Narduzzi made, but altogether, I mean, is it, it, it maybe it doesn't matter so much what Frost wants or what Whipple wants, more so whatever the offensive line can provide for you that's going to dictate how much they pass or run the ball. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, Bach. Yeah, I do. I and, and we just don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, there's that whole comp. There's that whole conversation of Whipple being a 50-50 guy, which we knew and we know that Whipple runs the ball 50 percent of the time, passes it 50 percent of the time. But ultimately, what the offense will look like will be dictated by how the offensive line plays. And Frost, yeah, he, hey Bach, he did say some interesting things about that. Like he just slipped it in. He just slipped this this these words in at the end of a long um, answer about the offensive line. But he said you'll notice a change, especially in the first couple steps they take at the line of scrimmage. So I know what he's getting at. They're 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 going to they're going they're going to emphasize firing off the ball, Bach. Um, those first two steps. That's what he's talking about. Instead of going sideways or laterally. He wants that that those bunch of guys to explode off the ball, and and you know when I hear that I do think run game. Mm-hmm, I mean I think mm-hmm. I think under center maybe a, a lot more. I think um, downhill run game, Bach. Um, and you can be you can be a good downhill running team only running at fifty percent of the time. Sip, I wanted to ask you about kind of Scott Frost's response to asked about Casey Thompson the quarterback position sounds like Casey Thompson will be taking the number one reps but by all indications it's it's definitely an open competition and I've kind of made the argument throughout this offseason that the coaches will say it's an open competition obviously they want to keep it within closed doors what's really going on but for the most part I believe the coaches know who's going to be the starter I, I'm not necessarily sure who that's going to be because obviously I'm not part of the coaching staff what was kind of your takeaway from Frost's response to the starting quarterback position uh, Nate, it was it was a it was about what I expected, okay. except except I thought he might open it up a little bit more. He, I thought he might open up the conversation a little bit more toward no, this is real competition. Right. Um, ah, I, I think it is, but he said. I know. I mean, just going back to what he said, he said Casey will will begin preseason camp taking first team reps yeah first team reps so now you know and that was that was um then he then he held his cards tight yeah pretty much after that so i don't know what to make of it i i guess what i hope is it's a legitimate competition Mm -hmm. i think it needs to be while understanding the critical element and dp brings this up a lot none of those other guys purdy and logan smothers in particular have started 10 games. They have not played in the Red River rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, they had not been in that sort of heat. Mm-hmm. And Casey, Casey should have an advantage, if only because of that. I said, Sip, I said, you, you see, you heard Sip. He just said it in a different way of what I said it, but we're saying the same thing. I mean, I said, Sip, it felt like I was in a escape room 
type of system where it was like breadcrumbs. It was like little little hints, but you really couldn't get what the answer to the yeah. to the to the puzzle was. That's what he wanted. And yeah, so we're we're literally saying the same thing, but that's what it felt like. It felt like he was holding his cards tight. He yeah. wasn't giving no. Yeah, he was idea. holding them tight. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. I do think he was. I know Scott, and I and you know just in, by way of insight, and I you know I know Scott. I know people who talk. I know he likes Chuba. I I know he does. Um, but I think what. I think what Scott's doing is giving respect to Casey's, to Casey's experience, and then let's see where it goes. I'm just of the mind. Now, this is just my personal opinion that that those first couple weeks of August are critical. And if Casey comes out and doesn't perform well, and and the team isn't playing well for him and Chuba asserts himself or Logan Smothers asserts himself, then I think it's incumbent on a coaching staff to, to look at that and say, okay, now, guys, we have to be respectful of what's going on. There's a pure element of competition that I think always has to be there. You know, there's extreme cases. I know you guys are probably thinking, okay, wait, wait, come on, Sipple, you, you, you think Brady's competing for his job? No, there's, there's always <laughs> cases. And, I, you know, even Adrian uh, last year um, – maybe even two years ago, especially after his freshman season, where there wasn't really – he didn't – you know, it wasn't going to be a competition. Um, I don't think this situation's quite like that. Do you think, Sip, and it's interesting because some of the players – or some of the teams brought four players. So, I mean, maybe even you don't have to take somebody out to do this, but would you have liked to see Casey Thompson make the trip as well? I know some people want a quarterback to be their leader. There's been a lot of talk about leadership that might – send the signal that he's the starter or whatever, but would you have liked to seen a quarterback uh, in Indy today? Uh, Bach, I thought Scott sort of, in a roundabout way, addressed that when he was talking about the leadership part of Casey. You remember what Scott said? He said that you kind of have to earn that, that leadership part. Mm-hmm. And and I think maybe that's would be the answer to your question. And in, in order to be here, you kind of have to earn it with these guys. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Scott was getting at. Casey hasn't earned it with this this set of guys. O'Shawn Mathis hasn't earned it, earned it with this set of guys. Stephon Wynn hasn't earned it with this set of guys. They're in the process of doing it, but they haven't played a game. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's what that probably explains why Casey wasn't here. Uh, Sib, I thought it was kind of fascinating that the Big Ten Network, very specifically, for the most part, the interviews that they showed were all coaches. We didn't really get to see too much from the players. Obviously, you guys had some one-on-ones with them. You were able to see them at the podium, all that good stuff. I I know a big discussion, too, is that Scott Frost, it seems like he didn't lose the team last year, even though they were losing those games would you say, I know Garrett Nelson's obviously bought in, but from hearing from Quentin and then Travis too, would you say that this team has fully bought in and the players are still ready and prepared to play for Scott Frost? You know what? You know what, Nate? Um, yeah, you, you you made reference to Garrett Nelson's mm-hmm. comments where he said Scott feels like a father figure right. and, and Garrett gets fired up at that hot seat talk. I didn't hear Vocalek today. I have talked to Quentin Newsom um, extensively this summer. Did a couple interviews with him, right. um, and he doesn't go down that road quite as much. Not, not. It's not. It's not like I asked him. But I will tell you this: I talked to I don't know a dozen players this summer, 
um, in in informal interview settings, and there's no question in my mind the team's bought in. I, it is really, I'm not. There's there is zero doubt. I'm not saying every player. Eric Eric played at a high level, and he knows not everybody's bought in at the same level all the time, and where humans are emotions and feelings vacillate. But oh, I tell you, it was striking to me this summer. Um, mm-hmm. Summers generally like that in a lot of programs, but. There's a definite sort of uh, prevailing vibe on this team, and it, to me, it's very clear. There's a there is a clear chip on their shoulder. They're sort of kicking at the stalls. I think a lot of these young, older guys, in particular, to prove people wrong. Mm. Um, Quinton's like that. Um, yeah. The running backs are like that. They, you know, Garrett's definitely like that. They, they they're kind of simmering. Like, uh, we know what everybody's saying, but we think we're good, but we got to prove it. We have to prove it. We have to do it now. I mean, it can't be – you know what? My, the thing is, and this is not a original take, but th- there are really no excuses now for Scott, and mm-hmm. he knows that. There really aren't. You can't do it. You, you could come at me with, well, Sip, come on, man. They just hired – they overhauled their offensive staff. Ah, it's still year five, though. You, you, and you got enough players to make it work. Um, make it work. Make it work. I'm not – nobody's asking them to win ten, but, uh, you know, I think they should win seven. Well, and, and, and certainly a big part of making it work is going to be uh, Whipple and, and Frost kind of figuring out how to work together on offense. Yeah. Uh, from the comments today, that's what a lot of people are talking about, whether, you know, Whip, Whipple's going to be up in the booth or down on the field. Um, how do you feel that that, that – uh, I, I mean, it's it's a relationship, whatever it is, to, to work together. How do you think that that's coming along at this point? Well, I I don't know. I don't – you know, I'm older than you guys, and I don't put a lot of um, emphasis on interpersonal relationships between coaches, chemistry. Um, I, they got to make it work as coaches on the uh, with the offense – One's a 65-year-old who's been around the block a hundred times. Frost is 47. He's a grown man who played in the NFL. They understand what it takes, and um, it's. I, I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. They don't have to, you know, go out for steak three nights a week together and and have their wives be together. They, they just they just need to make it work on offense. I think they can do it. It's not always going to be perfect, but it hardly ever is. I mean, I always use the example of a Bach and Strick, remember, Nate, not as much because you're not from around here, but when Nebraska was really rolling, I mean, when they were in that 60-3 and run and Tom had built the program into a, you know. A, juggernaut. Yeah, juggernaut. <laughs> they didn't, that wasn't a perfect staff chemistry-wise. I mean, Charlie McBride and George oh, yeah. didn't get along all the time. Um, or, or hardly ever, um, you know, him Char- and Darlington. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Charlie McBride, yeah. the defensive coordinator, and George, the very, very high profile secondary coach. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a, a, a perfect relationship. It was far from perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, you, you, they made it heard work, st- though. Yeah. You've heard stories about Mike Dick and that, uh, who's that defensive coordinator he had, um, Help me, Bears. Is there a Bears fan? No, that, old, <laughs> that old text line is open. 402 Ryan. 464 There it is. Ryan? Correct yeah. us. No, oh, not no, Rex, Rex Ryan. Buddy Ryan. Oh, it's his father. Yeah. Ah, that's yeah. right. Buddy, Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan and Dick have barely talked. So, I don't know. I think they'll be fine. And and, and I think, hey, Bach, the, the, 
the best answer I can give you is Whipple will be in control. I mean, that's the way it's got to be. I want to ask both you, Sip, and Strick, because you guys have been around the program. Obviously, Strick, you know Scott Frost personally, and a lot of those guys in those national championship teams. Sip, you've covered this team for so long now. Texter says this, and I was just about to bring it up. Is this different from past off-seasons? And, and to him, and I bet a lot of the fan base, this just seems like the same player and coach speak that we hear every single season. And Do, do you think that you believe what he says in the sense that this is the year that it actually gets turned around. I'll speak first because I'll yeah, let Sip no, close ahead. this one because he's going to have a better in-depth question, mm-hmm. uh, answer to this than I would um, because he's been around it longer than I right. have. I've been a little bit on the on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, it definitely seemed as if um, there's a seriousness to it. And it seems as if in past there's no – uh, to me, like there's no fluff, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're, the players even, it, it just doesn't seem like there's no fluff. And, you know, just just having this uh, talking point like on a piece of paper and you're just laying off a, a, you know, a layout of an outline and, and you're talking on it. It doesn't seem like that to me. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen that before, even mm-hmm. with some of the previous coaches and mm-hmm. – being around and hearing that, mm-hmm. I would say that I don't hear that, but I would let sip because he's been no, around the legs. Of no, you got it. You got it. You know, we're on the same wavelength here. I've been around it when there wasn't like I feel like I've, I keep alluding to this hard edge. I feel this very hard edge this team has. It's a and Scott has. I mean, I think what I noticed, guys, when we were at that function at at uh, Tanner's last week or whenever that was, I had dinner with Scott, and there's he, he, he has a very hard edge right now. And I think his team's taking it on. Now, and I, and I can tell you, yeah, you're right. This time of year, yeah, kids say all the right things, coaches say all the right things, and it's easy to be very cynical and skeptical. But I will say this. I've been around Nebraska teams and other teams that you, could, you wouldn't say it had a real hard edge to it. Um, this one, I would say it does. Comes from Scott, comes from Garrett Nelson. If you've spent any time around Quentin Newsom, you realize this is a 21 year old grown man with designs on playing in the NFL who all, only wants to go out strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, Quentin is a leader, and he's very, very, he's a very business like guy. So the guys that they have in those roles are like that. So I, I feel that. Um, I get it, though. I get, I get the skepticism. I, I, I sort of roll my eyes sometimes. Like when Scott says, you know, we're riding up here, and the guy said this is as close as the team has ever been. That, that's meaningful to them. It's less meaningful to us because we hear that a lot. But it is. I don't want to take away that meaning to them. It does mean something within their walls, and I and I and I don't disrespect that. Um, but I don't have to also. Buy, I don't. I, at the same time, I don't have to buy fully into it. I also would say one more thing. I, I I also this is a sense that I have based on being around it and being around some of the greatness that I've got. Yeah, look, I'm yeah, learning. I'm learning how. <laughs> Do you hear that? This I mean, the greatness. <laughs> I'm learning how the, this media intake and taking information and disseminating it and being able to take it. I'm, I'm lear- this is a great. This has been a great experience for me in that aspect. But in the in my sensing, one of the things I sense is that 
they're starting to understand from a team concept that we collectively as a unit our success is tied to our greatness and growth and becoming next level type of players mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to understand that as we win as we come together collectively and and do great things that we will all in some form or fashion have a light shine on us and that's not an individual light but it is one that can we can all use to propel us to our ultimate goals of whatever the next level is. That's like, what it seems like to me. Sounds I like a former that. player to me there. Sounds like a former, <laughs> sounds like a former NBA player to me. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's important. I mean, yeah. we can roll our eyes at it as media and fans, but it's real. I mean, that's the, all that talk is very real to them. You, We do, what, do with it with what we may, but I, I – I don't disrespect it because um, I know, because uh, like Strick says, it's it's really important. Great stuff out there from Lucas Oil Stadium from the guys at Big Ten Media Days. Are they kicking you guys out yet? Or are you, you guys? No, still- I got. Hey, Pac, I got to say something else. Strick, yeah. I heard Strick, and I, maybe Jay did too. Strick asked Frost a great question. Thank you, Strick. Um, like these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> um, 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 the captain asked Garrett oh, a great yeah. question, a very simple question, but it was, what's it mean to be a black shirt? And it got it elicited one of the best answers of the day from Garrett. So I, I appreciate what these guys are doing here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we'll continue our rock star coverage. Hey, Sim, I did want to ask you this. Are you gonna, I know we asked you before um, about what you're, you're going to look around at the other teams at Big Ten Media. They said it's going to be Husker-centric. Are you sticking around tomorrow? I am, but I, I was. I, I don't even know that I'll come in this. Vent. I mean, I'll, I'll come in. You're not Lucas. coming in for Ohio State. I might. Yeah, I might. I, I, no, I am. <laughs> but I am. Keeping. Yeah, I'm telling you, the readership I, we've seen over the years, just in the amount of volume, it just doesn't. I could write a, one of the best columns I've ever written about Ryan Day or Ohio State, and it just doesn't get any traffic. So mm-hmm. we keep it to Nebraska, guys. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I did I did want to ask you this, too, because uh, Strick did mention it, though, is when you're focusing on Nebraska, you can also focus on Week Zero. Anything about Pat Fitzgerald or, or the Northwestern guys that, that kind of stuck out to you no I didn't even I wasn't hey Bach I was I was in another I was holed up in another part of the stadium writing when that stuff was going Mm -hmm. on I'll check it out although as Jake knows I'm just mildly interested in Northwest (laughs) why is that (laughs) I'm not very good um and I'm not yeah there's just you know yeah I'm not saying it's gonna be an easy game but I kind of get tired of all the the love they get for not that much. Yeah, well, you're not on the team. If you're on the team, you got to focus solely on Northwestern. If you're SIP, uh, you got to focus on the season as a whole. Yeah, Northwestern yeah, I doesn't don't, stick I'm out, not but. disrespecting them. I'm just not that interested in them, okay? <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. Uh, we are behind the breaks a little bit, so we'll take a quick break. Uh, once again, thanks to, to SIP and Strick out there at Big Ten Media Days. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll kick you off, but uh, if they don't, we'll be back with you as well. That's coming up next year on Thank the Ticket Water Cooler. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, SIP. All right, bye-bye. All right, there we go.